Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. Okay, Mr. Davis, how about we do some tech gumbo today? Sounds great. Start off with the news and updates like we like to do here. And a good bit of this news and updates is going to be some follow-ups. Yeah, we are following threads. And the first one we talked about last week, the eye in the sky at, at self-checkouts. Last week was at Kroger. This week it's at Walmart. And it turns out it's not always a good, healthy working environment. This is exactly what we were worried about. You know, this is a story which came out in the week since we recorded that episode. And so it felt like excellent timing on our part. But the story is about how customers are getting hostile at self-checkouts with the employees. The system alerts the employee that, hey, something wasn't scanned properly. And the employee has to go over and say, oh, something's wrong here. And a lot of people get defensive about it because it very clearly feels like well, the person either was trying to steal or they couldn't operate the machine properly, and neither one of those are great feelings. The official policy of Walmart is it is not the Walmart employee's job to stop the theft. It is merely their job to identify if it is happening and then call the security guard when there's a security guard available. Even then, whenever you're still at the point in time where you have to go up and address the person that's it's feels confrontational and that's a whole different set of skills that if you have to do conflict resolution you have to de-escalate those are complex interactions and that's again these are people who are paid barely above minimum wage and you're asking them to do a lot you're asking them to negotiate this situation wherever that person is going to be on the back foot from the jump and it's just not going to go well. No, the employees are told not to blame the customer, but to blame the machine. And then they are to take that item and say, 
look, do you really want this? And if they say no, then you take it away. If they say, yeah, I do want it. Okay, well, here, let me scan it for you. And now it's the the transaction has happened. And people are becoming very defensive over this. One employee talked about how it's it's how uncomfortable it makes people feel when you're going over there and saying, oh, I'm sorry, you obviously don't know how to use this machine. So let me show you how to boop, scan something. And it's created hostile environments in a lot of different places where these these scanners are set up. There's no way to walk over and say, excuse me, you have to, it has to make the beep sound. You really just say, you moron. It's, and even, you know, a lot of times people who are using the self-checkout have picked the self-checkout because they don't want human interaction. Maybe they're not having a good day or whatever. And so to have someone come up to them and say, you're screwing up right now. Let me fix this for you. Really, it just isn't improving the situation here. And so this is one of these ways that just because you add automation to a system doesn't improve the system. And one, one in the story, one former Walmart employee who had detailed the whole process, the bottom line they said was, Walmart can see everything you're purchasing and everything you're scanning. So don't try stealing from Walmart. The Walmart's going to make sure that they know where all of their products are, all their packages are. And so they're going to save money. But people are going to have a bad time while they're there, but they don't care because they're Walmart. Moving along, another story we've been following for quite some time. Microsoft has now completed its purchase of Activision Blizzard. The deal is done. This is fascinating. This is something that we were interested to track. You know, would different regulatory agencies step in and would they block it? Would they have their concerns about monopolies? But the concerns have been assuaged for now, and so it's going through. So the question, and it's not addressed in any of the stories that we can find, but what's going to become of the Xbox Game Pass? Now that you're about to dump all these extra titles into the library. Currently, there's two packages. There's a $9.99 per month, but you only get 25 games. Well, there's the $16.99 a month where you get all the games. Now, is it going to be $22.99 because you get all the games, including all of the Activision Blizzard games? Or are they going to stay with the $16.99? I mean, you have to think that they're going to raise the price because they have to make that money back. You know, they, they invested in this company. They spent a lot of money to go out and get this company. They're, they're going to make their money back. So the price is going to go up. And so the question is, will consumers feel like the increase in price commensurate to the increase in value they get? Because, you know, Activision Blizzard is one of the largest, most prolific game studios in modern video gaming. And so you bring in all these AAA titles. Is it worth it? This also marks the largest single purchase of a company that Microsoft has done since Satya Nadella has been CEO. The $69 billion purchase was cash, not just stocks. And so they paid a lot of money. It'll be interesting to see how many new subscribers it brings, not just if they, if they raise the rates a little bit, they're going to make money off the deal, but does it add an extra 20% in the subscribers? Does it add a full 100%? 
or does it not move the needle at all? My guess is that it, it moves the needle some, but you do wonder if they start to approach the same problem that Netflix faces wherever all the people who could want this service have this service. That there's just an upper cap on the number of people who play video games that much that they want to spend the this amount of money to have this recurring service. That you add in some more games, and so that's great, but they already had the service. You know, this this isn't the tipping point to cause that many more people to join in. We're getting to an interesting place in streaming. We're getting to an interesting place in this software as a service marketplace. Speaking of Netflix, apparently 14% of Netflix users still sign on with shared passwords. I'm one of them. I don't know how I've managed this, but they have not come for my head yet, which I'm glad. But whenever they do, that's fine. I, I don't know that I will buy the, the Netflix, the ad tier, because it just could not tell you the last time I watched something on Netflix. 78% of Netflix members now have their own accounts. A full 78% say they have their own account. 8% sometimes sometimes use somebody else's subscription, but they don't say why. And 14% still watch on other people's accounts. Yeah, and of the people who are sharing accounts, most of it is from family sharing. 42% is parent-child. Siblings are 24%, and then other family ties is that last 17% of that number. And so this is really showing where most of the sharing is. It is families. There is some like roommate sharing and things like that, people who do still live together, even if they aren't related. But that's a, a large chunk is people who are under the same household. Still a lot of people have not got the nasty gram from the company saying, hey, we're cracking down on you. That's still being rolled out. It's coming. At some point, you're going to get it. But the question is, what are these people going to do when they get that nasty gram like you? Or even if it's not, you know, an angry message, if it just one day it logs me out and says log back in and then I can't log back in. I'm sure that day is coming soon, but I, I mean, I, I don't see myself going out and buying the the Netflix ad tier, even though. It's only six bucks a month or seven bucks a month or whatever it is. It's just not worth it to me that you can see what their vision is, that they're going to kick off all the kids, you know, the younger millennials and even the Gen Z. They said, you've left, you've gone to college or you're now you're in your early jobs. You have to make that transition. You might still be on your parents' phone plan, but you can't be on your parents' Netflix plan anymore. But it's OK. We'll offer you the cheap version of Netflix, it'll have ads attached to it, but that way you can still keep getting your Netflix. That's their vision, but I don't know. There's so many other options out there for me. You know, I have Hulu, I have Disney Plus, and you have HBO, and you have sports, and you have YouTube, and so you're really in a competitive, crowded space, and if you're going to kick me off, I don't, I'm not fighting to get back on. And then amazingly enough, but Netflix is still talking about possibly raising the rates once this whole password crackdown settles out. And so once you've committed, hey, look, OK, I went out and got my own account. I don't I'm not using mom and dad's account or my my, my former roommate's account anymore. Fine. You got me. Oh, now it's going to cost me more. 
But I already told you I wanted it so they know they that they know you want Netflix. They don't think you're going to care if it's $12 a month or 14 or 16 or $18. You've already said you wanted it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. If you've gone out and made that switch, that's, that's a clear indication. And so you probably are willing to pay. You have that initial that, oh, well, it's only $6.99 a month. That's not that much. That's not that bad. Oh, yeah. Look for that number to go up over the next year or two. Yeah, you start off with that $6.99 plan. Because, oh, I don't mind ads. Oh, wait, I got to watch these ads. Gee, it's only only $9 more a month. Okay, for another $9 a month, fine. I don't have to watch these stupid ads anymore. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that is what they are expecting to happen, what they're hoping to happen. But I'm not sure. Well, the question is, how many people do they need to make that switch in order for it to happen? They could lose total number of eyeballs, but because they're monetizing those eyeballs better, it could still end up working out for them. And I think that's probably the situation which they're going to fall into, is that there are fewer people who are going to be watching Netflix overall, but they're going to be paying more per person. And so Netflix is going to make more money on this. And YouTube is doing the same thing. I mean, they're starting to roll out on a couple of the YouTube videos I was watching earlier today. There was a warning popped up and said, hey, you're using an ad blocker. You can't do that. But five seconds later, it let me X out of the warning and play the video with no ads. Yep. Advertising is the thing which drives the Internet. And that is, a, I think, a failure of the Internet. Ads are going to choke everything else and it is going to be how many different places can we put ads is ultimately the vision that a lot of major companies have. Whenever you sit back and think about all of the places on the internet, there's only a singular one that I know of that is not just completely overloaded with advertising, and it's Wikipedia. Wikipedia is, for my money, the best thing on the internet. Not only the fact that it is completely free, it is pay however much you want to, but there are no ads on it, and it is a collection of knowledge that is mostly uncorrupted. And so the model exists for it. No one's making a boatload of money off Wikipedia, though. And that's the problem, is that no one's getting rich off of it. And so here we are in this world wherever all the other sites, someone has to get rich off of it. And so here we are. And I don't see myself spending $13.99 a month for YouTube premium, so I don't have ads. So much like you, just not going to re-up with Netflix when they crack down. Uh, my YouTube usage is going to go way, way down if all of a sudden I've got to start paying money or I've got to start seeing ads because I don't want to see ads on YouTube. Yeah, there's there's only a fixed number of ads I'm willing to see in a certain point in time. That service just isn't worth it to me. That whenever that service is free and easy, sure, I'll do it. But you start clogging it down, you start choking it out with ads, it's, you're going to lower my interest in it. It's, a, it's such a competitive marketplace. Especially when you consider how much you're paying all these content creators for this product. I mean, it's not like Netflix where they actually spent a lot of money to develop the movies that, that are that Netflix created for themselves. People are giving YouTube all this this content and yeah, they get a couple of pennies back or something like that. It's not millions of dollars like it did to create a movie kind of thing. Oh, yeah. If you talk to YouTube content creators who make videos which get hundreds of thousands or millions of views, 
they're not making that much money. They're maybe making 50K a year, maybe 75K a year to create videos, which gets six and seven digit views. That's a lot. That's, that is a ton of eyeballs. If you made a TV show which got a million views on regular TV, that's a crazy success. That is teams of people putting that together. But a small YouTube content creation team, they're not making that much. And so where's all that money going? It's going to YouTube. Not my money. And my money is also not going to buy DVDs. Or Blu-rays. And if you're one of those who still wants to buy your DVDs and Blu-rays from Best Buy, you better get there soon. This makes total sense to me. I don't know anybody who owns a stack of DVDs anymore. I don't know anybody who owns a stack of Blu-rays anymore. I don't know anybody who owns a stack of music CDs anymore. I know people who actually own vinyl albums, but they own maybe four or five total of them, and it's much more for the art style of it, that it's something cool and novel as opposed to how they actually consume their media. And it's that physical disc is completely dead because you have to have a disc drive or you have to have the player and it has to be hooked into your TV. And that's just not how we do things anymore. Considering they stopped putting DVD players and CD-ROM players on computers six, seven, eight years ago, if not longer... And I don't remember the last time we had a DVD player in this house. Okay, you're going to stop selling them? Fine with me. At one point in time in my life, I did buy some DVDs, but that might have been the first Bush administration. It might have been when you were a little bitty kid and you wanted to watch The Lion King and Toy Story. Not since then. We, we definitely had some VHSs. We, we had a, a decent stack of VHSs. But we really didn't make a huge transition to DVDs because by that point in time, Netflix was coming around. And so that early Netflix was coming around really kind of ate into that. And then now that you have all the streaming services, which we just complained about in the last story, you know, there's just so many ways to get anything you want now. It's hard to have the outmoded, outdated physical copy, which only exists in one location. And who wants to store 100 DVDs just so you can pull out and watch it when I can go to Disney Plus or go to Netflix or whichever streaming service and I can see the, the movie in as just as good a quality, but bang, instantaneously, instead of having to go pull the disc out. No, nah, it's just it's not worth the headache. And you don't have to worry about hooking your DVD player up to your speakers and hooking your speakers up to all this. It's all just right there on your TV. It's all just in the app. So much more convenient. The last story we wanted to get to, the iPhone 15, the one that's been getting so hot, is also burning in uh, onto the screen image. This is tough because the iPhone 15 hasn't been out that long. And so if you are not even two months into your release and you're already getting that ghost screen because you've burned it in, Oh, man, what is this product going to look like six months from now or a year from now as all, you know, more and more defects are going to show up? Because you have to think that if it was just one, if it was just, OK, it got too hot. That happens sometimes. But now you have another one. Three is a pattern. That's tough. It's such a deal that Apple has a policy now where you can take it into the iPhone store or you can at least 
call them and they will re- send you a replacement. That's how big of a deal this is. Because this is this is a hardware problem. It was one thing whenever the phone was getting too hot. Okay, Apple just goes in and they, they change some software and they you know you leave your phone plugged in overnight and it's fine. This is not just one of those instant snap your fingers and you wake up the next morning. This is down to the hardware. This is in the production. This is a, a deep problem that Apple's going to really have to do some work to fix. But that's okay because the Apple Store has the Genius Bar. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.